What's going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Picky one is that would be me. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Talkbox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with a mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's said entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. Know your boy wouldn't steer you around. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt because gospel is what it's all about. Good evening, everybody. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Jay, and we're going to get it started in normal fashion. Normal fashion is this. We're going to come out of a scripture um, out of Jeremiah 35, 31 and 25 and uh, go into a prayer. Amen. And Jeremiah 31 and 25 says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. When you're going through rough times. When you have a lot of fear of not knowing what's next, trust God uh, and he will refresh you in your tired times because there's going to be times where you're going to be tired. There's going to be times where you're going to be like, I'm done. I throw in the towel. I'm irritated. It's not going the way I'm supposed to, it's supposed to go. I'm not getting the support I want, the, the help I need and all these things. And before you start complaining, just know that God will refresh you in that moment. But you got to let him. You got to trust them. You got to be able to really understand why you're doing it for God. But and you got to identify, are you doing this for God? Because something might not be aligned with your purpose. And that's why it's not happening in this moment or in this season. Amen. Amen. Dear Father God, we just thank you today for bringing us here so far. God, we just ask you to be able to open up the floodgates, open up the doors for anointed radio. Let us be able to excel and go to higher heights, reach new audiences, reach new 
countries, cities, um, new people to just be able to know about Anointed Radio God and Large the Territory, where we could be able to spread the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ so that somebody out there, we even with the hardest heart that don't want to hear about it, could have a seed planted so that they could eventually say, what can I do to be saved? God bless everybody under the sound of my voice right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that they could be able to see you, hear you, and understand their purpose in you, God. God, anybody that strayed away, God, be able to give that lending ear and that 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 peace and joy that they've yearned for, God, and just be able to help people that's going through it right now. A lot of people are going through a lot of turmoil that's internal. So God, I ask you to be able to break every chain that is holding people back of depression, of, of all kind of mental things that they're going through that they have not let go, that's been holding them down. So God, we just ask you just to be able to intervene, bless everybody on the sound of my voice, to be able to truly see you for who you are with a great representation. And God, we just ask that all in Jesus precious name. Amen. 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 Like always, I got something to say. And what I got to say is this. You can follow me at Anointed Jalon on all social media platforms. And you can follow all of my music on all digital streaming music platforms. Um, my Jesus, uh, Jesus, you make me happy. My team rep, Jesus, slip away, wake up, bless. And my new single that just came out, um, Spirit flows through me, which is in all digital streaming platforms. And another thing I wanted you to know is Pastor Jay came out with a book, y'all. Doing pre-orders right now. Pre-orders for the first, I think, 25 people um, to be able to get a signed copy of my new book, Creo Tea Remedies. It's a lot of tea remedies I, I did over covid helps you out with ailments, all kind of things. Great little background of why I became a lot of herbal, little herbal stories and, and things like that. Just to give a little background during COVID, all the medicine was gone, but all the tea was still there. Uh, so y'all gonna get that when y'all get home. So definitely check out Creole Tea Remedies. Uh, it's pre-ordered right now. I only have a few more slots. Slots are going fast. You go on to my Facebook and um, check out for the pre-orders. Amen. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring up my co-host. I have Miss Brittany Marley. I have Miss Semi So Real. And I have Mr. J Out of Bounds, Upper Bounds, All the Bounds <laughs> Space. <laughs> Upper bounds, though. <laughs> what what other program are you and OB? Oh, I, hey, maybe I'll speak it. Y'all could be coming together. Your, your camera off. Could be upper bounds. Oh, upper bounds used to be a program at UNLV back in the day. And all of the college programs. Oh, dope. Yep. So, where can everybody see y'all? Even though we can't see Mr. J. Space right now. Right. Look, everybody. Um, you can find me at I am Brittany Marley. And as I always say, every Tuesday with Testimony Tuesday with Brittany and Kelly at Testimony Tuesday with Brittany All right. And you can find me, your girl, Semi So Real, on Facebook at Semi So Real, TikTok, and Instagram. And your girl will be doing comedy this Saturday. Uh, for Restoration Church at the Benefits Banquet Hall. Uh, yeah, 
I believe it's a private event, but you could sneak in and crash the party. Yeah, you tell them I said so. Right. I'm going to everybody. Go ahead, Jay. <clears throat> God, J Spade, SP8. Uh, you can find me on that guy, J23, on Instagram. You can find, find me on Out of Bounds Outreach on Facebook. And that's about it. I just have to say one thing, Pastor Jay, before you get started. Jay Space said where we could find him. But I had a song came up in my spirit. Have you seen him? No, he has not. Especially this audio feedback that's coming up from Jesus. From me? Yeah, we can't see you or hear you. My my camera's on. I, I don't have an Android, so I mean I, I should be good. You're starting Apple. to seem suspiciously Android-ish. Apple Apple users are saved and sanctified and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you are not looking sad, the apostolic of Apple right now. <laughs> Green is black. You like, and you yeah, got you a looking like you need to be sat down. You looking like you need to be sat down right now. Am I really? Yep. Well, okay. Happy Let me, Happy me. Come on, All right, we're going to remove them. While he fixes his amen, we're gonna go ahead and bring up our guest. That was a lot, but he's gonna fix it anyway. Amen. So we're gonna go ahead and bring up our guest. Our guest is Miss Ayana McDonald. Everybody, she is a gospel artist, she is sung with the greatest. She has a new single coming out, and I'm not gonna tell you about her because she could tell you all by herself. Everybody, Miss Ayana McDonald, everybody. user by the way i just wanted to go on record. are you an apple user <laughs> yeah okay yes, I am. <laughs> i'm definitely apostolic store. okay got you so um one thing I'm, where can everybody find you what's your social media handles what's your websites all those good things Absolutely. So my website is www.ayanamcdonald.com. So A-Y-A-N-A-M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. And on all my social media, it's at ayanamac, A-Y-N-A-M-A-C, on Facebook, Instagram, all of my social media handles. Awesome. Awesome. So everybody, make sure you go follow her. Make sure you go follow her. Make sure you go and, and make sure that she has your support amen and then i believe we got jay space back from the goulash and we could see him too praise the lord amen glory everybody say amen amen he he, he must have on his apple he got on his apple solid phone uh no i just switched my my oh yeah okay amen (laughs) praise god with that being said, all intros, and of course, we have missing is Miss uh, Prophetess Tish, who is working on so many conferences and great things. Definitely pray for her and her strength as she's right now in Florida. Um, she has her conference coming out where myself and um, so many other people that were in her anthology is going to do our book launch, and um, it will be in Atlanta, Georgia. June 2nd to June 4th. Um, definitely check it out. Is Prisoner of War in the Mind. 
So it's definitely something deep. I did a chapter onto it. Definitely check her out and you'll see the flyers on my social media, including Prophetess Tish at Forever Lee Creations. Another person to shout out is Dr. Marvinetta Clay. Definitely pray for her um, and her family. She had a loss in her family in Chicago. She's heading to Chicago um, and it's her birthday. And I know she does not want to go back home during this time on her birthday for uh, this situation. But you know what? Keep her uplifted. Uh, Dr. Marvinetta Clay, we, we love you. Uh, we're praying for you and your family. And just stay strong and still find some time to cut out you some cake on your birthday this weekend. Amen. 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 With that being said, take it away, Miss Brittany Marley. All right, y'all know what time it is. It is game time. And it's tonight. I went back to you guys' favorite game. This or that is back. So that is what we'll be playing. Sure. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just choose between whatever two you prefer. Everybody plays. Everybody kind of answers at the same time. That's what it is. All right, here we go. First one, a TV series or movies? Movie. TV series. Come on, Sammy. Are you thinking or are you <laughs> You know, if I'm in the comforts of my home, a movie. But if I want to go out, you know, well, I guess, yeah, a movie. Movie. All right. Trivia or board games? Board games. Trivia. Trivia. Board games. Board games. All right. Uh, where would you rather live? L.A. or New York? New York. New York. Neither. Okay. Is that a question? LA or New York? I, I guess NYC. But since you put it like that, she, she started acting like Big Mama the way she said that. I'm going to just go ahead and say no, LA. I'm not doing that with y'all today. Okay. This whole neither. Y'all know how this game yeah. goes. Jay down there shaking his head. No. Uh uh. <laughs> Both both has terrible traffic. Terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, LA, next one. LA, LA is good. This should be an easy one. Sweet potato fries or French fries? French Sweet fries. potato fries. 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 French fries. We're ranch. The good girl, the good ranch. All right. Hot dogs or corn dogs? Hot dog. Neither. All right. <laughs> We're gonna move on. <laughs> I'm not I'm not fooling with y'all. Right? <laughs> like I never had no hot dog, like I ain't ate processed food. They got turkey dogs and beef. She she didn't say turkey, she said hot dog. I'll All right, my... next sing the song or write the lyrics. Sing the song. Sing the song. I'm gonna write the lyrics. Write the lyrics. Okay, okay. Preach or direct the choir? Preach. Preach. I'm, I'm going to preach. One day, just for one day, I want to direct the choir. I know she was going to say direct the choir. <laughs> okay. Um, with whatever gift you have been blessed with, would you rather perform it in a large arena or a small, intimate setting? Small. Go big or go home. I would say larger. Larger arena. I'm going to say small. Small. 
No? Got you, got you, got you. Just a few more. Are you the type to introduce yourself or would you rather have someone come and introduce themselves first? I'm just going to walk up in there and just in introduce myself. <laughs> I'm the type to kind of hang back. Have someone introduce them. Yeah, yeah. I kind of hang back. Yeah, I'll hang back. All right. I'll introduce uh, myself. Because some people might have you miss out an opportunity because you over there waiting for them and they over there waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Deep. deep. It's not, it, to me, it's just that I'm going to say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. Whatever okay, Hawaiian <laughs> vibes that you got, I need to keep that. Right. Next one. Personal chef or show, uh, personal chauffeur? Chauffeur. All day. I'll pick a chef. Because cooking. Well, please, just, you know. Yeah. No. What? Say it again, Diana. Chef. Me Definitely. too. Chauffeur. I hate driving. Same I'm here. With, and I'm I hate DMV. All right. Uh, let's I'm see. Yeah, personal chef for sure, for sure. Um, at work, these are the only two you have a choice to sit by. So either you sit by the printer all day or you sit by the water cooler with people constantly coming through. Either constant traffic or constant hearing that printer go. Printer. I'm going to say water. People ain't drink water no more. <laughs> water cooler. Water cooler. Okay. Um, last one for the group, and then I have one more just for Ayana. Um, be in charge of bringing the food or bringing the games. Bringing the food. The game. Yeah. I would say the games. All right, Ayana, this one is just for you. I feel like I'm getting feedback. Can we get feedback? This one is just, just for you. Um, it's not a this or that question, though. Describe one of your favorite shows or performances that you had. Oh, this is a great question. I think one of my favorites was um, at Fenway Park. Um, this is when I lived in Massachusetts. And it was, I sang the national anthem at one of the Red Sox games. And it was really a surreal experience. Just the energy of the crowd, the arena. That was my first time in such a large setting. So mm -hmm. I think that's definitely one of the more memorable performances. For okay. Were you nervous? I was, I definitely was nervous. I was more so nervous about the echo in the arena. I don't think people realize that the larger the arena is, you just get a crazy echo. You have to be able to sing around that. So I think if there was anything that made me nervous. It was really that and just not knowing how it was going to go with that echo. But the energy of the crowd was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And then it's, it's the Boston Red Sox. So I won't even go into the sports, this, but <laughs> it was, it was right. a great experience. <laughs> yeah, I can see that if the echo, because you don't know if it's gonna throw you off or not. Yeah. Right. It's like hearing yourself three times with every part of the song. You kind of I kind of had to pace myself and just kind of make sure it all went well. So oh wow. It was experience. Oh, yeah. All right. So speaking of echo, right. We have an echo. <laughs> And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, because I don't know where it came from. Man, 
I'm telling you, every time we have sound check, everything sound right until we go live. And then all kind of things happen. But it is what it is, and we ain't going to let the enemy win on this one. So with that being said, we're going to go straight into the interview. So Miss Ayana McDonald, I'm going to ask you this question. Where is your hometown and where do you reside now? Absolutely. So actually, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, in my Patois voice. But What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was born in Jamaica. Um, but I was raised in New York. So that's why I said New York. I was like, woo, woo, New York. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, you know, I was raised most of my life in New York and, and grew up there. So, you know, you mix the West Indian background with New York and you have a culmination of the makeup of Ayana. And so I feel like I got a chance to have the best of both worlds. Um, so that's definitely my my stomping ground for sure. So now I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but New York is definitely near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So how was that transition? Because did you start off singing in New York and a lot of people knew you up there? And then now that you're in Atlanta, do you feel like you have to reestablish yourself? Oh, for sure. I think actually in my formative years, you know, cause I, I left New York when I was 18 and I went to college um, I studied at Berklee College of Music. And so for me, New York served as my training ground, the place where I was able to develop um, in my musical journey, um, the place where I had mentors and coaches to help until I went to college. Um, but then when I moved to Atlanta after studying Berklee, uh, I really did find my footing. Um, luckily, I had a lot of friends and colleagues that were here. Um, you know, I'm big on mentorship. I'm big on relationships and making sure that you have genuine, solid people in your life. And so I had great friends that were able kind of to show me the lay of the land, if you will, in Atlanta. And I, that was extremely helpful um, as I got acclimated with Atlanta and all that came. So it took time, but I think it was well worth it. That I actually love. I love Georgia. I love Atlanta. I think it's a wonderful market for anyone that's seeking to expand and to really lay their roots here. Mm -hmm. So with that, what were some of the things that you had to do as preparation and training um, now going into a whole different market? Because Atlanta sound and a New York sound is two different sounds. So what what did you do? Did you say, you know what, I'm not going to change today's sound. I'm going to keep my natural sound. Or did you feel like I had to do some training? I had to kind of learn the land or, and kind of see how I'm going to grow into my new position here in, in Atlanta. You know, I'm big on authenticity. So I didn't feel like I needed to change my sound. I think when you come into a new market, you, it actually makes you more content with who you are because you either have two choices to conform to what is or to on your path and your trajectory. So I think for me, it was more of the land, learning who's who, who are the people in Atlanta that are like the well-known, amazing artists here? What do they bring? And then not only that, but just networking, meeting those people. But I will honestly say this, I was blessed in the sense that a lot of my colleagues, especially ministering in youthful praise like a lot of people that were considered the who's who i somewhat was already connected to them and knew who they were and had you know relationship with them or friendships with them so it was a pretty easy transition but i do think it's important 
important for people to be authentic in who they are and not give into the pressures of whatever region they're transitioning to. You know, what you have is unique to you. And so for me, I've always tried to just be who Ayana is, grow, learn, and glean, but remain committed to being okay with who I am and what God has gifted me with. Exactly. It's funny that you say unique because when I was listening to your music, I was like, she has a, like your voice is amazing. Number one. Number two, you have a very unique voice, not just like the sound of how you put it together, just your voice, like natural tone. All of it is very unique. But um, going to your sound, when you first begin to sing and first begin to get out there, or even just <clears throat> on solo, um, did it, how did you find and cultivate your own sound? Because I know sometimes when we first start out, we kind of are used to what we're hearing and then we take that in and then we kind of somewhere down the road find our own voice and our own sound. So what was that process or journey for you? Absolutely. I think I pulled inspiration from people that I admire. You know, I, for me, for you, I still love CeCe Wine until this day. So she's always been a huge inspiration of mine. Of course, Kim Burrell, just other amazing vocalists of Whitney Houston. You know, you have just amazing people that you look up to, that you study. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody has tried to mimic the run and holy ghost from Kim Burrell. You know, you put on a Kim She does. But I think, you know, as I started to get better at my craft, you know, I studied the greats. I tried to learn from them. I surrounded myself with mentors and coaches that would not coddle me, but push mm -hmm. me to say, hey, you need to grow in this area. You need to develop in this area. I think it's that's key, too, because I think we live in a time now where people are like, take it or leave it. This is me. This is what I do. And don't really want to be in environments where they're challenged or stretched. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's important, especially for artists as we develop, as we grow to surround yourselves in environments where you're not the best or where you're not the the best kid on the block or the best thing, you know, cooking. Mm -hmm. You're the person that has to sit in the room and become a student of that room. And so as a part of my journey, I made sure I was in environments where I wasn't the best or I wasn't someone that was seemingly the most gifted in the room, but I was someone that could sit and learn and be a student of the moment in whatever season I was in. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful because I think that really goes into your mentorship piece. And you were saying, you know, you're really big on mentors and mentorship. So do you feel like in those settings that you had mentors, maybe directly or indirectly? If so, who were some people that I know you talked about, but um, just really hands on that you felt might have been a mentor to you in your in your I gifting? Absolutely. There are so many, you know, I really believe that whatever we're called to, that God will put people in your path. I call them earth angels, literally people that he has ordained to for you to connect with, mm -hmm. to be able to push you along. And so even when I was in middle school, you know, my choir director was someone who had a tremendous impact in pushing me, reminding me that I had a great gift and actually she um, told me about a performing arts high school, which is now called Long Island School of the Arts. But she encouraged me to audition and to go to performing arts high school, got me in on a full ride there. I studied wow. in, at, in, at high school for four years. And then even in high school, I had another mentor. She was by the name of Michelle Zimmerman. She was actually one of the um, guys at the performing arts high school. 
And for no reason, we, I now know, of course, it was the Lord orchestrating my steps, but she just took a liking to me. It was like, you're amazing. I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to get a full ride. And she worked tirelessly and pushed me, put me in the right rooms. And I ended up getting a full ride to Berklee College of Music hmm. to study in Boston, you know, for my undergrad. But I say all that to say, sometimes people look for the big lights, camera, action folks who are come along your path. But it's those people that maybe no one else knows or the people that we encounter every day. Those are the ones that the Lord will literally use to shift the trajectory of your life. So when I look back now and I look at the people that he's used, you know, and not just that, but amazing mentors in ministry and church down through the years. Those are the people that when you look at the sum total of your story, you can say, wow, God, you put these people in my path to push me to where I am today. So, just just listen to you talk. I have like a thousand questions, but I won't take up the platform. Um, but as a musician, how, how do you approach your, because I'm, I'm listening to your music right now. Is it, it's a, it's a lot of worship. It's a worship sound to it, right? right. Um, how do you approach your your songs you mean it vocally or in my writing writing musically um like what, what sound are you looking for and th this is not to be deep but and it's gonna sound deep but trust me on this i'm not trying to be extra when i say yeah. this i look for the sound of heaven and what i mean by that is as worshipers as minstrels I take what we do seriously. I believe it's our job and our charge to release the sound of heaven, what heaven is saying over us. And so for, for me in worship, the Lord can literally download something and he can say like we instantly, you'll get a song that hits your spirit and you'll begin singing the song of the Lord. For me, I feel like it's my job to be the conduit for whatever it is God is releasing in that moment through song. And so even in my writing, even as I sing, you know, I am a worshiper at heart. And so a lot of my music will, are praise and worship anthems, things that people can sing. You know, for me, I love writing timeless music, songs that necessarily aren't sticking with a trend per se, but a song that you can listen to 20 years from now and still love it, right? And a song that still resonates with you and a song that still connects with you. And so for me, you know, even with the latest single, which I'm sure we'll get to, it was me putting pen to paper on what I believe the Lord was saying, right? What the heavens are open. Like to me, that was releasing the sound of heaven and what I felt I was saying. And actually that song came during an altar call and I just kind of went home and finished writing it. Um, but that's sort of how I approach my music in general. You know, I think we live in a time now where people have different motives or different things that they want to accomplish and, and that's fine for them. Um, but I believe that we need to get back to the heart of God, the heart of worship, the true intent of why we do what we do, because mm -hmm. that is the timeless piece of what will last from generation to generation, not what the trends are doing, not what's hot and popping now, but what is God saying? What is he doing? What is music that our children's children will be able to listen to and what will resonate with people? So that's how I approach my artistry in general. So going it. so going into your track, you already talking about your writing. What you you said you you were in worship and you heard 
this song? Were you singing it? Did you download to you? Or were you just in praise and worship and it just came down? It was like prophetic. He was just going in the flow and you was going from one song and he was heard this song and you just went into it and it just resonated with you. And what was, what was the reason? I guess you could say, what was one of the reasons why you're like, somebody has to hear this outside of my sanctuary. What was that? Because sometimes some people hear those type of songs and be like, well, that was for me in, in that moment. But what, and, uh, what was one of the reasons why you was like, man, no, nah, people got to hear what just happened. Um, kind of explain on that. Yeah, absolutely. So the heavens are open. Um, we were in altar call. And actually the message, I think that day was just around the blessing of God and what he was about to do. And so I flowed into what would be the vamp of the song. Because I, for me, as a worship leader at heart, I believe worship and word are closely tied together, right? So depending on what's being preached, I pretty much released whatever was in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So the vamp of the song is what I just started singing. Um, for me, it was more prophetic. Like it was a prophetic moment. And I noticed the shift when we began to sing that, what it did in the room and the atmosphere, it, it broke something, it released something. And when I went home, I couldn't stop singing the vamp. Like the heavens are, open. I just kept on saying, the heavens are open. And I just, I was like, okay, there is something to this song. And so because I couldn't shake it, I knew I was like, okay, usually when a song comes to me quickly and it just flows, because I think as songwriters, sometimes it takes a minute to really sit and methodically map out a song, Mm -hmm. but songs that literally, you know, the Lord just gives you where it's like, this is what God is like, no, write this right now. And so I went home and I just added to the song, finished it up. But I knew that we had something that the world needed to hear. Um, And I knew it was a prophetic decree. Um, I knew it was something that people needed as their anthem. Um, And it's something that people needed to decree. And down to even when I was going to release it, you know, I really sought the Lord and was like, God, okay, when do you want me to actually release this song? And I released it at the top of the year, specifically in January. And I had countless, and I've had countless people come up to me and say, this song is literally the anthem for my year. Like there's something about this year. It's like the heavens are open. Like I sense it, I feel it. And this song has literally become my anthem for that. So that, that is sort of the background to the song. Um, but I, again, it, it goes back to that menstrual piece. Like, I think God is looking for true worshipers. He's looking for minstrels that will not be tainted by platforms, that will not be tainted by money and opportunity and by fame. He is looking for worshipers who will literally stand in the gap and say to themselves, God, whatever it is that you're releasing, what you want me to sing, that's what I'm going to do without agenda, without the extras. And I'm a witness that when you when you approach your artistry like that, God will get you on the back end. Like we don't have to worry about that. And so I'm I'm really flat footed in that. Um, and I, I just think he's looking to raise up just minstrels that that have that heart and that spirit, um, because I think church is changing as we know it. Um, but I think we need more people who are not ashamed. To, to be committed to that cause and, and are not moved by platforms and things and the accolades and the things that come with that. It has its place, um, but it should not be the centralized reason why we do what we do. It should be re- to release a pure sound of worship 
um, for God and his people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was going to say when you mentioned the um, the prophetic, because the way you go about it, the how serious you take, you know, the gifting that God gives you. It's not just singing. It's not just writing a song. It's not just getting in the studio. You are you have opened yourself up and allowed yourself to be um, for God to use you in the prophetic realm. And so I think that that I think that that's beautiful because I never um, I mean, you hear artists talk about their music all the time. You hear how they come up with a song. Obviously, you're going through something, you write it, there's nothing wrong with that. But everything that you're saying, you're on like a totally uh, different level. You know what I mean? Like a, just a, you're in a totally different space. Like a, uh, we can say people are anointed all day long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you are literally like anointed and gifted, like specifically for what you do, whether uh, people acknowledge you as the top artists in the world are not literally um just god's pick you know what i'm saying that's just thank you're just god's so pick mm -hmm. wow i received that thank you so much and i i think too when you kind of know the calling on your life right the mandate on your life i you know i preach as well and i'm a minister and all those things mm -hmm. so i think when you add those additional layers to it and you you do operate in the prophetic and like it, it becomes serious because this is not for me, I take the things of God seriously. I take ministry seriously. I take the privilege of being able to, to impact lives and change lives, whether it's through music or through the word, that is a privilege. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, as we approach whatever we do, I always say, we don't have to serve, we get to serve. And, and when we lose sight of the fact that it is a privilege, you know, I think we'll be swayed and moved by the things that we see, but it's just important to stay focused and have tunnel vision about what our mandate is and what our call is, whether that's in music, preaching, teaching, whatever it is that we do. Love it. Love it. So I have to ask, um, what's the main takeaway? You know, I know you want them to be the anthem. So what is the main takeaway that you want the singers, not singers, the singers too, and everybody listening to your song because you, you made a worship song. So there's praise leaders across the country, most likely singing your song at church. But what do you want as the main takeaway message from your song? I want the main takeaway to be really what, you know, the song embodies or the title of the song is that the heavens are open. And because the heavens are open, nothing is impossible. You know, we see so much happening right now. Like stuff is just happening left and right. But for me, I want people to walk away knowing that no matter what's going on around us, that because I'm a child of God, because I'm a king's kid, that whatever the world is doing, the heavens are open for me. And what's due to me, what's due to my life, what's due to my family, my children, everything connected to me, that because I am a child of God, the have, there is an open heaven over me and whatever I speak and release and decree and de by faith that it will be established in my life. So that's the takeaway that I want people to walk away with that, you know, even as we look at the economy, you know, I was looking at the reports today about the banks and all the different things happening. Like I was thinking to myself, I'm so glad that our economy is not the kingdom's economy. Right. But that ties to the heavens are open just because what didn't work for them is going to work for me because the heavens are open. What mm -hmm. door was shut for them is going to be open for me because the heavens are open. What was a loss for somebody else is going to be a win for me because the heavens are open. So that's the takeaway that I want people to, to sense and feel and to decree over their lives as they listen to the song. 
Exactly. I was just telling somebody, I think um, my sister and my mom, I was saying, I won't even just say the church, but leaders and pastors like growing up and I'll speak specifically about traditional church um, because that's what I came up through. You almost feel I don't like to use the word fail, but you almost feel like they failed you in a way because everything that you're talking about as a 35 year old right now, just like really seeing and understanding what you really the automatic benefits you get as a kingdom kid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like nothing, your life should not be in alignment with the world. And I'm talking, not talking about indulgences and all that stuff. I'm talking about like what you're talking about. It's affecting you, but it's not going to affect me because of who I belong to. And I don't think coming through church, leaders do a good enough job of letting you know who you are in Christ, not just identity and all that, but like what benefits you have being a kingdom kid like that you don't really hear them talking about that you don't really hear and i'm not talking about prosperity gospel i'm talking about the truth of who you are in christ and what that means for your life when all of this stuff is going wrong in the world things that you don't have to ask for or pray for because they're automatically yours and um just all of these things i just i was just having that conversation so you saying that is just like in alignment with everything absolutely you're so spot on, Brittany. I also want to say, too, though, that I think sometimes people think that believing in faith um, negates the work that it takes mm -hmm. as well. So, like, you know how the Bible says faith without works is dead. The heavens are open, but you also have to put in the work for yeah. what it is you're decreeing and believing God for. Right. And I think that's important for people to know as well, because sometimes we just want things to just fall out of the sky. But as we're decreeing and believing God, you know, for better, for our lives, for our families, for whatever it might be, that we know the heavens are open. But now it's, Lord, help me to be, come into alignment with mm -hmm. the action steps behind what I'm believing you for so that I can see the fullness and the manifestation of what I'm believing you for. Exactly. So, I, I wanted to ask him. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I just I see that um, you're definitely in the vein of making sure that you hear from God before you move in where you're whether you're singing. I'm sure whether you're preaching, you're mentoring it. it um, you really seem to want to make sure that you're hearing from God before you make that move. Can you give us a time that you've seen God move in a most amazing way? Um, just if you could share experience that really moved you. That you see him, he do him. You seen him do something miraculous, or just really move. Oh, absolutely! Oh my goodness! I think my this actually happened last year. Um, it was major for me. Um, you know, Kingdom Girls Rock, and I know we'll talk about it in a minute. But we hosted um, a women's empowerment brunch, and for some reason, I just could not shake the brunch. Like it was when we were coming off the heels of COVID. And it was sort of that in-between where people were like, should I go outside? Should I stay home? And so for me, it was like the Lord was putting on my heart to do this event. And I was like, Lord, I, ain't nobody going to show up because people are do not want to come outside. And it was sort of at the top of 2020. I want to say the, the, the beginning of 2022. And I went ahead and did it because I just could not shake doing this brunch. And so we did the brunch and there was a young lady who registered. Um, I think late the night before she came to the door at the church and was like, please, I just registered. I know that, you know, registration closed late, but please, can you just let me in? And 
I just so happened to be at the door when, you know, the hostesses were like talking to her. And I said, yeah, absolutely let her in. And I will never forget the guest speaker that I had was just flowing and praying um, for the ladies at the end and called her out, gave her a word. Come to find out that young lady had been suffering so bad from postpartum depression that she said to herself that night that she was going to commit suicide. Mm. She had made up in her mind that that day was her last day, meaning she had written the note. She was literally going about to like end it all. And that event was like her last ditch attempt to mm. like go a different course. And she said to God, like, if you don't do anything for like, if you don't do something for me, I'm literally going to end it tonight. And she shared that testimony probably the day after the event ended. But I realized in that moment that literally that entire event was for her. Mm -hmm. So for me, because I couldn't shake it and because it was like, God was like, nope, you're going to do this event, not knowing going to be a young lady in attendance. And that was going to be her last ditch attempt to not take her life. It, it was a moment for me when I, it was just yet another reminder that what we do is serious. Like our obedience hinges on someone's life. Like um, people are dealing with a lot of heavy things. You know what I mean? They smile, they, they do what they have to do to get by, but they're dealing with some really hard and tough times. And so for me, that, that walk, like this is serious. what we're doing is literally changing lives. And by the grace of God, she got what she needed and she's still, she's still in the land of the living today. Mm -hmm. That is just such a, you know what? And that's just like God. And I just, you know, I just thank God for him using you in the capacity that he does, because, you know, um, that's what the gift is for. It's not for us, it's for others. And I thank you for sharing your gift, moving in it and moving it in so passionately. You know, because when you speak, we can hear the passion. I would like to ask you about your nonprofit, Kingdom Girls Rock. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Kingdom Girls Rock is a nonprofit organization, as you mentioned, to empower teens and women in ministry and the marketplace. So we do this in a variety of ways through mentorship, coaching, live events, um, and so we're actually rolling out a mentor program for teens as well, but we just host inspirational events um, for women and teens to really just spread awareness that you matter, you matter to God, you matter to this world, and we're providing them with tangible proof. So it's, it's not your, oh, you rock. And then mm -hmm. after that, it's like, we're showing you how to, how to invest. We're showing you what are stocks and bonds. We're showing you how to fix your credit. We're having, you know, empowering events. We do an award show. Um, we're actually working on an event now at the Georgia State Capitol, um, a Georgia Women's Empowerment Day on May 5th. So we just do a plethora of things just to empower and enlighten um, women and, and teens of faith. Wonderful. So with that, since you've um, grown in your nonprofit, how many um, 
how many I could, could say goals have you felt like? Because you know, when you make a nonprofit, you're like, I want to reach this many girls. I want to be able to get uh, this this much at a banquet. I want. So, how many goals can you say since inception of your nonprofit have you hit so far? Yeah, I think the goals change every year. I would say we've hit about ten of our major milestone goals. Um, we're still we're about six years in. But I do think for some of our larger initiatives, like the rollout of our team programming, you know, some of our larger events, you know, expanding our reach. You know, this year, one of my initiatives is to expand what we do in the government arena. Right. So, again, that's why we're doing our event at the Georgia State Capitol. But I I really want to continue to expand the mission um, to reach other regions, other territories. But I would say most of the 10 large strategic goals um, that we set out to accomplish um, have been met, um, but we have a lot more work to do. Like we are just scratching the surface and we have a lot more lives to change and, and people to reach and, and resources to give. And so we're working on just a lot this year to expand the vision and to just reach more people. You know, I, I, I said to God and I made a promise, like I, I want to die empty. Like when it's my time, when you call me home, I want to be able to say, I did everything that was on the list. You know, I did everything that you told me to do. Um, I didn't hesitate. I didn't become a second version, second rate, rate version of who you wanted me to be. I moved on it unapologetically, boldly, and I helped to change lives. And I think the lives that he uses us to touch that proof um, through our obedience. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say we have, a, but we have a lot of work to do. We've hit some milestones, but we have way more to do. Okay. Pastor, yeah, I did hear Ayana mention that she was teaching the girls about the stocks and bonds. Now, what? Now, what's your number for that? I need to. I'm the way the inflation is set up. I'm needing to to have some <laughs> guidance there. So I'm I'm gonna give you a call after the show. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I, I, I myself recently. I, wanna, I, like, I might be right now. I might be above the age back. I'm going to sign up. I want to be an honorary Kingdom Girls Rock. <laughs> Guys, come one, come all. <laughs> I, do, I do want to go back to what, um, to something that Brittany said. And I'm not trying to be super deep or anything like that. And you're making some very good points about uh, where you are in worship. Um, Brittany, Brittany made a statement in regards to you know, being a kingdom kid and feeling like, um, for the lack of better words, the church failed. Is that what you said, Brittany? I didn't say the church. I said some, I was speaking from personal experience, searches that I have been through. Um, mm-hmm. the, the message, my thing is the message has stayed the same since I was seven, well into my early 20s. And mm-hmm. it's like you focus on one thing, but after you're saved, which I know it's, you know, um, up to you to cultivate your relationship, read your word, all these things. But you have leaders for a reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I agree. So where, where I'm going with that is the state in where the church is right now. And I think we did drop the ball in, in, in cases. And I know that you have your um, your young lady, your young ladies group. Um, but where, where or how do we see the church thriving in the next 20 years? Are we teaching these kids, preparing them for the next 20 years, like how we were raised? 
Like when we were raised, we were taught how to do devotion, how to act. We, at, at the age of 15 years old, we can run an entire service, right? right. So, so right now, the state of the church is almost, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like the, the Debbie Downer, but what, what can we do since we are the generation, right? We are the generation to bring up the next generation. What, what can we do? And it's not just about certain groups. I'm saying everybody. How can we get everybody involved to that next level? I think a few ways. I think, number one, we have to come to grips that the times have changed. I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of ministries that still refuse to admit that we're just not where we were. And I think that's half the battle, like admitting mm -hmm. to ourselves that church as we know it has changed. Correct. People would, would rather go to brunch than, some, at least in Atlanta, they go to brunch instead of going to church. Or if they go to church, they want to go for 90 minutes and they then, then they're going to brunch. You know, like, so I'm not saying the message will never change, but the methods through which we reach people have to evolve. They have to change. Secondly, and I was having this discussion with someone yesterday, one of my good friends, I asked her a question because I think, you know, just with some recent things that have transpired, I said to her, are we, have we gone to a point of calling what really was abuse correction? What really was function correction? Because we grew up with that. So we grew up with it being taught that it was correction but really now that we're older, right? Hopefully therapy, hopefully having evolved, was it really dysfunction? Mm -hmm. But we called it correction. So I say that to say that I think leaders have to be cognizant of the triggers of this generation mm -hmm. because they're triggered. Gone are the days where people are just going to sit in the pews and accept certain things. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it. They're going to mm -hmm. find somewhere else to go or they're just, show up at all right so i think we just have to have those hard conversations with ourselves as leaders um as ministries to really identify what have been the bottlenecks what are what are things that are really stunting our growth i think half the battle with the change comes with looking ourselves in the mirror and being honest with ourselves <clears throat> secondly you know i don't believe that the world should ever be more innovative than the church i think sometimes we're so stuck in our ways and we've said, oh, we've done this for years. This is how we've always done it. Well, just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean that it needs to stay that way. Have we even looked at new and innovative ways to reach people, new ways of doing ministry? Like it doesn't have to look like this, right? So I think those are some creative ways. I think more relational ministry. I think in times past, we've just tried to throw the Bible at people we're just in a different time now. They don't want to hear that unless, can you connect with me as a woman? Can you be real with me? Can you be transparent about your story and what you've been through? And so even with the girls, I find that they're more open when I share, this is what I've been through. This, These are the roads that I've walked. And because I've been through that, I don't want you to go through that. So let me just be honest, because I don't want you to feel the pain that I had to feel. When we're honest, transparent, and we're not on a soapbox, I think we can then reach more people. Um, so I, I think at first glance, like that's a great question. It's a loaded question, um, but I just think it starts with 
asking ourselves, like, what are we doing wrong? Like, have we, what does the post COVID church even look like? It, it is it is a loaded question because you know as as somebody that grew up in church my entire life right once once COVID happened it made me very very comfortable with watching church on my phone or on my laptop or whatever it is I don't have to go in the building right yeah not only that my relationship with God hasn't changed it changed with His people yeah because of all the shenanigans that go on man it's 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 hard to even digest all the stuff that and we we all see it on social media you know yeah. you got the guy i mean the pastors and preachers or whatever saying the craziest things over the pulpit and it's like okay so how can we bring back the backslider or bring back the the center to church without them being affected by what these people are doing so i I have to add on to that um uh, and this is as from leadership leadership needs to know where they're at spiritually and physically and mentally a lot of times like what you you presented people come out of hurt pay hurt places and start preaching that over the pulpit instead of saying, I need to check myself. I'm not ready. See, I remember back in the church days, they'd be like, Hey, I'm, I can't pray for nobody. I'm not, I'm no good. I'm not going to have nothing transfer for me, but everybody now because of social media wants to be in front of it. Good, bad, ugly, not prepared. Hasn't consecrated once haven't fast once they just was doing whatever they was doing. And then they thought, okay, I could go in front of the office. Just like um, I made a post about the, the lady, um, that was saying she will beat somebody up over the pulpit um, just recently. And I said, this is a horrible representation of Christ because if I was unsaved and I came into church looking for a difference, I would be turned off by this because I'd be like, well, you know, different than what I just came out from and what I'm looking to see of a change, a difference where I don't have to sit, sit here and look behind my back or, or uh, always think that someone's going to attack me. And, that takes accountability from leadership because it always comes down from accountability of leadership and having a covering because just because you're a pastor don't mean that you can't have a covering just because you, uh, let's say a Bishop of a district doesn't mean you don't have a covering because if you can't go to nobody, then you're going to think that what you're doing is right because all you got around you is people saying, Oh, you cool. Yeah. Yeah. You did that. They pumping you up, but they're not telling you the truth. True people in that's why it says in the Bible, you have to have wise counsel surrounding you because those wise counsels ain't yes. People, there's people that be like, Hey bro, you was tripping during that time. And you need to check yourself because it's not about you. It's about the office you holding and all the people that you just spoke over to. Yeah. It's okay to apologize when the damage is done, but why you didn't check yourself? Like she said, be a man or woman in the mirror and start checking yourself. Because one thing I see that is a very big, big, and I would say a cancer is instead of saying, what can I do different in the body of Christ? Everybody's saying what everybody else is doing wrong. Instead of saying, you know what? I could do this for me. I can't speak up for that pastor. I can't speak up for that lady. I can't speak up for that personal that ministry over there but for me because if you look at it the highlights of the bad behaviors in church are the only things that ever pop up on social media 
which is an agenda. Let's be real. And all the true churches that's feeding and doing the right things for God, not getting the attention, not getting the support. You don't see the flocks going to those churches. You see those churches being empty, but the people that are doing all these things, they're being highlighted. Like it's like it's it's like social media is gaslighting, gaslighting the church where it's just like, well, this is what it looks like. Well, I know plenty of ministries that don't do that and never has done some of these things that has been on social media, but they don't even have a congregation over 40 to 50 people. But this pl place has 20 to 30,000 people. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like it is a collective thing, but it comes down to what can I do for self? To be a change. If I don't see the change, obviously I got to be a change that, of what my influence and effect is in my life. I think that part of it, to answer Jay's question too, part of it is what Ayana said about looking yourself in the mirror, because I think it's about realizing that being transparent with your story, you have to realize that God allowed you to go through certain things and actually graced you and didn't cut you off when you was doing all of that crap that you was doing, like graced you to go through it, knowing that he was going to change you, knowing he wasn't going to leave you that way, but allows you to go through it so that you can pull somebody. Like you are graced and called to a certain group of people. Everybody has a message that God has given them. I think, um, which is one part of my message, which is why, how it came up in traditional church, I feel like he graced me and allowed me to go through that, to put something in me to do, to speak up about certain things that I, I, I lacked in that environment. But like just knowing that being transparent and knowing that God allowed you to go through that so you can help the people and pull those people who went through that out, help them out. Because like the Bible says, nothing is new under the sun. You have, you're not the only one who has done this, gone through this, blah, blah, all of that stuff. You are graced with your own personal message. You are graced to pull those people out. Mm -hmm. So being transparent, I know we're kind of scared because of all the judgment that you receive, but we got to let that go. And you have to know uh, have that relationship with God to know that you are forgiven, all of you are washed clean, all of that. Nobody, he's not judging you. Being his kid also means if you're in a judgment-free zone now, you are redeemed now. That was it's the whole thing of salvation. You are redeemed. So tell your story so you can pull somebody out. No, I totally agree. I, I agree with all of you. I think it, it's about transparency. I think the miracle is being able to say to someone, I walk down the road that you're on. But I came out, I came out not smelling like smoke, right? Like I made it and I'm okay. And I still have my right mind. Like that's the miracle. Not that I'm better than you, that, oh, you're banished to hell because you're going through this struggle. It's I was there too, but mm -hmm. God was faithful in the midst of it, pulled me out. And because he pulled me out, you can be pulled out too. And in fact, I'm going to reach my hand out and help pull you out. I think that, is what the lens through which we, what we need to get back to. And, you know, I committed, cause I'm a church baby too, like born and raised in the church, you know, but I think I committed, I said to God, like through every bad experience that I had, he was showing me who not to be. So I made a commitment cause people can either retreat and say, forget all of this. I'm done with it. Or you can commit to being 10 more of the right thing for someone and what someone needs. And so even as someone who served in leadership, 
in ministry for many years and continues to serve in leadership, I committed to not being the things that hurt me. I committed to saying, because I had these bad experiences or I've had different things over the years that you know I had to bounce back from, I'm going to make sure that I'm the type of leader that people need, the type of leader that people need more of, right? And I think if everyone commits to doing that, for every problem that we see, commit to being a solution at our local church or at our local ministries or whatever we're connected to, I think we'll be able to see change. And and I, I'm like, let's one up the enemy. You trying to you trying to magnify this? We gonna magnify all the other good stuff that we're doing for the kingdom. Like let's we gonna one up you every time, devil. That's that's how so, I about that. I had to add this because I was searching for it when you was talking, Miss Ayana, and and it's about what Miss Brittany said about the judgment and how you was talking about that, right? Being transparent. But you know, in the Bible, it really got me. I was Bible studying the other day and I was reading in the message translation. I feel like the message translation will break it down to you just yeah. in case you didn't know the these and the days and the thous. I, the, the message translation said in Proverbs 29 and, and 25, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Wow. Leave it to the message Bible. <laughs> I broke it down simply. Fear of human opinion. And we all know what opinion is. It's not, <laughs> it, it disables you. And, and if you want to go King James, I, I know the comparison is said that human opinion is a trap. Mm -hmm. But trust in God. Uh, so it's just kind of like a lot of times I feel like that's another pigeonhole too of what what stops people to speaking out on wrongs speaking out on what's right is because they're scared of the opinions and influences and all that stuff but if you trust god think about it. jeremiah was not favored as a prophet mm -hmm. at all so you might be in a jeremiah situation where you got to speak what is right and say what is wrong and you can't worry about what other people are going to say because as long as you write with god that's all that matters. I, we got real deep real quickly. <laughs> we did. Wow. But it's necessary, especially as we embark upon, you know, resurrection season, Palm Sunday. I think these are real conversations because I think the church is, I mean, we're seeing just a lot out in the media. It, it's it's bad. It, it's, I, I can't say growing up, well, there would be things here and there, but lately it's just like, what is going on? Is there something in the water? And so these are real conversations that have to happen, but I think we just have to be a part of the solution and, and just being genuine, like people real recognize real. So even with unbelievers, they can see right through it. And I think the reason why people are in an uproar is because for so long facades have been painted of perfection and those walls of perfection are being torn down. Right. When you see what's behind the wall, you're like, Oh, this this has rights on it, like and, you in know. Event, in, in the event, I'm sorry to cut you off. In the event we become transparent, you said what's the word you use? Uh, I forgot what word you use, but um, being honest and telling people, hey, you know, at some point I did struggle with so and so, so and so, but not anymore, right? Because my God is dope like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'll say this because and I know it's time to go, but being part of the solution is also like not 
Yeah, speak what's right and speak what's wrong, but it's also the way that you do it. Being part of the solution is not just automatically looking at people like they're a lost cause, like God's just going to throw you away. Mm -hmm. Like he looks at you through loving eyes and he wants to redeem you. That's why, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He did everything, sent the Israelites into slavery, but then he came back through. He kept coming back through because the point of it was to make you see what you're doing, but then say, turn to me, repent, because I'm here to redeem you. And I think us as human beings, we don't always carry the mind of Christ. We carry our emotions and what we think and what we think is wrong or what we think are, is disgusting and all of these things. But what does what is the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is to pull you in to redeem you back to him and back to his kingdom. So being part of the solution is being sensitive, not to people, but to Christ. So then you can be sensitive to people. And I think that's what we miss when we're like, um, and I'm not saying this is what you're saying, Pastor Jay. I'm just clearing it up because we are, we are the judgmental part comes off. It's not the way that God calls you to judge as a Christian. Speak up, but also don't be looking at people like they're a lost cause and because you're doing this and I'm not doing this, God can't save you. That's this this that's not what it is. So part of the solution is really like asking God and being being slow to speak and listen to like don't speak if you're if he doesn't need you to speak in that moment like or you don't know what to say and you know you're coming out of your emotions you don't have the mind of Christ don't speak on what's right don't speak on what's wrong because now you're just speaking from self and to 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 break that down from what I was saying is I feel like there's a lot of things that's being not spoken in the church mm -hmm. And that is where I mean by being the truth when it's unpopular, because if you speak on truth and you stand on the foundation of truth, the truth don't need support. If you take it as judgment, if you if 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 I come up to you and say, hey, Mr. John, you were wrong on how you were talking to that person. I, I shouldn't have to bring because of this, you just, you know, that was that was wrong how you spoke to that person. You wouldn't want someone to speak to you. It's like we got to go back to being Barney style on how to treat people, because with love and kindness, I draw thee. never pityness, never being mean. I've never seen in the Bible where it said Christian or petty or cut off because even it says love thy enemies. So for people that's felt so wronged by people, it doesn't even say that you could cut people off. So it's just like you should. And first of all, you can't hate somebody you pray for. So and that's where let's let's be honest. A lot of people ain't doing their due diligence as a Christian in prayer, fasting and reading their word to actually stay in line. It's more flesh going into situations than spirit. It says pick up my cross and die daily. A lot of us grew ourselves back. I'm being transparent in this situation. When I see the church as a whole, we, we talk about how I feel, how I feel can affect a multitude of people. If I let my emotions, my situations of what I went through that has nothing to do with people give you a perfect example. I have a whole platform. If I was off and did not consecrate, read the word and things like that, I'd go on here and make it really toxic. We have too many of so social media people that are living through their pain and nobody sees that there's pain. They just laugh and talk about he, he, he show is right. But if you can't identify pain, by the nastiness, the mean, and the just so offish situations, then that goes back to the, the mindset of Christ. Christ didn't look at you and be like, well, you know what? You, you didn't accept me. He'd be like, no, you were going through some things. But I'll wait. 
And that's a, something that in the truth that we are missing, the, the patience of people being human, because everybody, including on this call, has failed from what Christ had for us, right? So it's just like one thing as a church, as a collective, we have to get to a point of you got to be able the same judgment you hold. And I'll, and this is what gets me. The same judgment you hold for somebody, you have to hold for yourself. So you can't say, I love this person, but I can't love that person because what they did. Because in that moment, that could be that moment, but you could be the solution in the problem. So I, I wanted to talk about your acting, but we, even got <laughs> we just went down. A hole. <laughs> this is good, though. It's needed. So. That is perfectly fine. But she acts, y'all. Just go follow <laughs> her. She she has yeah. a whole social media page. She got music. You know, heaven is open. Go ch download it. Buy it for how much? A dollar? One twenty nine? One sixty nine? How much is it? Nine nine cents. Nine and nine cents <laughs> on, iTunes. on iTunes. Go ahead, buy it. Amazon. You could get it on there too. Go get her song. And one thing I want to say while we wrap everything's up because I know it's getting late is thank you, Miss Ayana, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed this. Awesome. And I love it. Are you coming to Vegas anytime soon? Yes. <laughs> Are you really? You coming to Las Vegas? No. Well, for Stellars, I'll be there for Stellars, yeah. Because okay. it's, it's in Vegas this year. That's the only time gospel people come to our city. <laughs> We're going to change that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's, let's connect when you do come out here. Definitely. You guys are so amazing. So thank you. Thank you for having me again. And we appreciate okay. you coming on. And um, now that you've been on Noite Radio, like, like I tell everybody, you family. So we we'll definitely help promote you. Definitely help put out from the West Coast perspective to get you out there for people to know about your music, put you on Anointed Radio. And all of our means will definitely support you in anything that you're doing and upcoming to do. So hold us to that. And with that, it's about that time, y'all. And I want everybody to know, this is a conversation starter, but it ain't got to end. If you're watching and you feel that this conversation, you have so many missing things, then go talk to your church members, your fellow Christians. Because the only way it could spread to make change is everybody's talking, not yelling, not preaching, but talking, listening and responding and watch the spirit of God change the atmosphere where you'll start seeing the impact of change because everybody's talking now instead of everybody being in their feelings. Because guess what? When you get out your feelings, you actually hear the words that someone is saying, you could be able to start relating and putting yourself in those shoes. Because a lot of times we have to be slow to offense. That's what the Bible says. Because we, we get so offensive, we just want to, ah, uh, hey, you don't know what's right. No, have the conversation, hear what they're saying. Because you might be saying the same thing, but you you just saying it in a different way. And with that, I love y'all out there. Everybody that's in, in, the, in the body of Christ, I love y'all. We could do better because I see better and greatness in you. And make sure you follow us at all those social media platforms. We didn't even pay no bills. Shout out to the Raiders, the Las Vegas Knights, the Aviators, and all that stuff. And if you didn't know, we, we, we got verified on Twitter. 
Yeah, Noita Radio, which we're on streaming right now. You can see us on Twitter if you didn't know that. We could watch. You'll be watching us on Twitter. You feel me? But um, check us out uh, on our website at anointedradio.com, our cash app. And, and if you want the Mecca to find anything Anointed Radio Network tailored, download the Anointed Radio app. You could look, listen to all the shows, the live music 24-7, all our social media handles, everything it can be found on the app anointed radio app on apple or on the unsaved android phones <laughs> i was just saying we you're gonna get a complaint you're gonna get a complaint probably do when, I get off, when i get off the show but with that everybody much love make sure you stay tuned uh follow us on all podcast platforms and check us out on Roku TV where you could download the Anointed Radio app and watch all shows that we have here. With that, much love. That was the show. See you next week. Bye, y'all.